Hello, welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where Masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly and social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely the opinions of the participants and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Make sure you keep your conversations open for the public and on the level. To interact with us, we love seeing you live every Thursday night over on Facebook or YouTube. Chats are always fun, a lot of good things, a lot of things we can't get to, so our apologies because there's just so much good content there. But um, remember, if we do pick your chat, it might show up on the show, so check yourself. Um, what else? Oh, and if you can't catch us live, always check the replay or listen to us in your favorite podcasting app. So you know me, my name is John Ruark. I'm a past master of the Patriot Lodge, number 1957 in Fairfax, Virginia. And I'm gonna save one guy for last and he knows who he is. So for now, I'm gonna switch over to Robert Johnson. How you doing, Robert? I'm doing great. Excellent. Robert Johnson here, host of the Wentz KMU podcast and uh, secretary at Waukegan Lodge 78 and newly installed master at Space Novum 1183. Worshipful master yet again. Yeah, it's all my second time ever. So um, I'm not like one of those guys who saves every lodge in existence yeah. by continuing to be the master. I know or a couple of those guys. They're saints. Contiguous, right? Exactly. Saints. No one wants to be elected master like two years in a row. Jason Richards, how you doing tonight? <laughs> oh, hello. Hello. Just admiring this lovely cheese ball. <laughs> It's a festive cheese ball. Uh, I mean, I guess. Jason Richards, past master, vacation lodge number 16 in Clifton, Virginia. Member of a couple other lodges as well. Glad to be here. Awesome. Glad to have you. Last but not least, the one, the only, and it is my huge honor to introduce. <gasps> that has been. Past master of Manassa Lodge number, nine, number 182. Number 1957. That is me. Oh, my God. Yeah, it sounds very weird. Hello. Past master. Hello. It happened. It It actually happened. happened. It happened. He showed up. He got installed. (laughs) He was elected. All those things happened. Wow. Joe Martinez, past master of Manassas Lodge number 182. Um, Yeah, it's been fun. Um, Yeah, but it ended on Saturday. So, yeah, damn glad to be here as always. Nice. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Super happy for you. All right. Before we uh, get into other things, let's... <laughs> Brother Mo says we need to nominate you for another two years, starting in 2025. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in person tomorrow, my friend. Yes. All right. So that sounds like a threat. All right. Let's go to uh, supporting the show. If you're a patron, you guys are awesome. You know who you are. Head over to patreon.com slash the Masonic Roundtable. Chip in a few bucks. Go to our private Facebook chat. Go see some pictures of Joe. It's lots of fun. So it's, it's like OnlyFans, but cooler. It's OnlyFans, but a lot less nudity. Only bros. Only bros. I need to register the URL. I'll be right back. <laughs> no, thanks. You're, you're muted, Joe. What only bros before. Wait, what's the other I, one? I am damn sure that only bros.com <laughs> and .org are taken. Uh, yeah, I think okay. I might own them already. <laughs> uh, okay. You couldn't, you couldn't get to Grinder fast enough. Only O's? Uh, like only OES? It's a real site. I'm not going to recommend that people go there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, yes. 
my apologies in advance if you went to that URL. But. Surf, surf the web, uh, yeah, uh, at your own risk on your own recognizance. <laughs> I too like to live dangerously. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Well, lemonparty.org. No, 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 no. no. Um, Jason. What's the hey. short URL on, on the screen? Ah, the short URL is for our fourth annual TMR Masonic Secret Santa gift giving party. We are super excited. We've got close to 30 people signed up. Whoa. So yeah, go ahead and head over to tinyurl.com slash TMR gift. The TMR is all in caps. GIFT, G-I-F-T, is lowercase. And let's see. Um, you have... Cost you nothing to join. Cost you nothing to join. You have to sign up by Monday. Monday the 11th. <gasps> because on Tuesday the 12th, the matches are going to be made. And so what you do is you will you will get a, a match. Uh, brother, you probably don't know and uh you get to give them the spirit of giving and christmas and take a perusal through their masonic wish list or their yes their it's awesome the wish list like yeah go ahead. It, you you don't have to have just masonic stuff on there either oh though. no you oh. know that's what's kind of wild you know we've 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 participated in these a few times now I think this is the fourth one. Uh -huh. And uh, every time we do this, uh, I think I only got, I got Masonic stuff twice, but like last year I got some leather making stuff and it was, it was really cool. And I, I, I don't know, it was really neat to kind of think about it. And then sometimes you just never even know who your secret Santa yeah. was. It's kind of wild. Yeah, I think the first year we did this, uh, I ended up drawing Brad Drew, and I got him the book Bad Taxidermy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, Isn't that the gift that keeps on giving? It's Oh, it's infamous at this point. <laughs> but, All right, uh, add, add it to your wish list, guys. Yep. There you go. You may very well get it. So, yeah, you do not have to be a Mason to participate. You need to be in the U.S. because international shipping sucks. Um, but uh, this is also on the honor system. And so we are not accountable if the person who drew you sucks and doesn't come through with uh, with giving you a gift. We haven't had that happen yet. Has not happened. Nope. In the three years that we've done it. So Don't, don't ruin a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Can remember, remember your oats, right? And <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's a ton of fun. It's a good way to uh, to meet a you know at least virtually you know make an acquaintance of some some new brothers and you know figure out some interesting things about nice, life. awesome. Expand right. your world, expand your world, guys and gals. What better way to expand your world than talking about the tarot card of the week? Tarot card of the week. <laughs> hey, in honor of the holiday season, tonight we're going to take a look at the Yuletide Tarot. And so I've got the, the deck here. Unfortunately, ye old tarot cam has decided. Oh, Yule, yeah. log, 
Not that I have a log or anything. <laughs> you like to try my spicy meat log? All right. And tonight's tarot card of the week is the Nine of Gifts. Nine of Gifts. Also known as the Nine of Pentacles. Ooh. All right. So you, you have an older woman by the fire with gifts under the yule tree yeah i get it i get it so we're talking luxury self-sufficiency success right Mm -hmm. nine is like next to completion where like you're admiring the fruits of your labor yep you're you're content Mm -hmm. it's like john the day before he finds out he's having another baby no 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 yeah Almost. No, it's, it's it's like John nine months before he has another baby. <laughs> Things are going great. No problems at all. Yeah. Nine, of, nine of presents. And <laughs> it's ironic given that not, John has nine children. Oh, I think it's I think it's cool, right? Like feels like it in particular with that card. If you're one of those parents who like shops all year and then is able to refrain from giving your family any of the gifts that you bought like right away so that you, then you probably like, have a personality disorder. <laughs> no, man, it's the only way. No, but like looking at this, right. Saving money, there's security. Mm. Um, and even like, uh, conservation of, uh, energies and things. So, so maybe she's all like hanging out, admiring all those presents. Like, <clears throat> Yeah, I saved so much money by buying these gifts all year long. In February. I have a fiduciary responsibility. <laughs> nice. I If I save gifts that long, I forget they exist. Yeah, that's true. Oh, they're in the closet that somewhere. <laughs> what yeah. was like, that's a scene in, that, this will be the second reference to National Lampoon's Tonight. Uh, the scene where Clark is in the attic and he like pulls out the thing and he blows, blows the dust off from like yeah. last year. <laughs> <laughs> anyway ah, good stuff i'm trying to find the the krampus card again because that's like robert's krampus. favorite thing ever you have to have a german accent when you say that krampus little roll of the r's it's right. literally gonna be like yes. the last this card is, of the it's a fascinating show dead air is amazing jason Oh, it's not that. Okay. You know what? I'll give you, I'll give you the, uh, the 10 of canes. Arguably one of the worst cards in the entire deck. You did. That poor snowman. Yep. That poor snowman. He's played, you know, it's like Sid from Toy Story who played with him. Let's actually have a show tonight. That'd be fun. All right. Let's talk about Masonic Feasts. So we're at that special time of year. Ah, oh, Jason found it just in time. <laughs> the Krampus card. Attention span of a gnat. Yes, indeed. Yep. All right. I just want to make Robert happy. Tonight, we're going to talk about Masonic feasts. What are they? How do they work? Why are they special? How are they different than other dining rituals that you may have experienced? Mm-hmm. Dining exactly. rituals. What are dining rituals? Dining rituals. Hmm. Don't we all have a dining ritual? Yeah, mine usually involves like cold pizza in front of a TV in my bed, like at two a.m. In your boxers? No, one sock on, one sock no. off. You're just Maybe not. one. Not no. 
Nothing. Okay. This, oh, let's picture keep this that, PG. baby. Let's keep this PG. All right. Um, so we've had actually some different episodes about festive boards. We've had episodes about like agape boards. And I, I really think this is fascinating because yet there is another category of Masonic eating called like specifically Masonic feasts. So um, in preparation for the show, right? I wanted to think about what's like, what's different than how, how we've talked about these other types of things, because you have table lodges, for example, right? Table lodges in most jurisdictions have a prescribed ritual, sometimes off opened on like the EA degree, right? Where you can actually do Masonic business, but do it in a, a, a table format where you actually have food and maybe some wine and, and have a little bit more, a little bit more fun where you can add some toasts thrown in Joe. Yeah. Um, you, you, you piqued my curiosity. I've never been and, and definitely polling the room here. I've never been to a table lodge where business actually happened. Like, eh. I mean, like, in the, like well, it is a tiled, it is tiled, yes, because it's ritual, yes. Right, so... It we're not listening to the short talk bulletin during the table lodge. And they're yeah. not reading the minutes, either. Have you not? I'm not reading so, the minutes. Well, yeah. well, I see that uh, you two need to go to more table lodges. Because not only have I seen education presented, I've actually seen the minutes being uh, dispensed oh, with. Oh, we've had... Lodges. Yeah, but have you seen the minutes been read at table lodges? But they've been dispensed with, which means they were I part of the agenda. Care. No, I don't care. Yeah, that's not. Uh, I'm going to be pedantic about this. So, like that's you're, table you're technically <laughs> correct, but objectively <laughs> that's the, wrong. That's the best kind of correct. Is being objectively wrong is the best kind of correct. Okay. Hey, yeah. Uh, where's that Krampus card? I'll show you where you could put it. The next <laughs> one is. Right, you have agape boards, right, where you have a nice meal after lodge, right, and it's completely separate, but it is there to promote the fraternal aspect, the social aspect, the let's just enjoy each other's company and presence and just have fun together, let's eat, let's drink and be merry. And yet, Masonic feasts seem to be something a little bit different. So, what did I do when I did some research for the show? I went back to the source, and by the source, I mean... Mackey's Encyclopedia. The wet Freemasonry. blanket of Freemasonry. <laughs> because, you know, Mackey's never wrong. And I went went back to that. And uh, he had an interesting excerpt when you looked under the category of Masonic Feasts. So allow me to read a section here, which will help set the stage for what is specifically a Masonic Feast, according to Brother Mackey. So as he writes here, he says the convocation of the craft together at an annual feast for the laudable purpose of promoting social feelings and cementing the bronze of brotherly love by the interchange of courtesies is a time honored custom, which unfortunately is growing into disuse. So even back in his day, what year was that written? Uh, I'm going to have to phone a friend on that one to see oh. when when he wrote the at least published the um encyclopedia freemasonry yeah. but at that point even then he says that it was growing in disuse and so he calls it the even the assembly and feast in air quotes are words constantly conjoined in the book of constitutions and at this meeting no business of any kind except the installation of officers was transacted and the day was passed in innocent festivity 
right, so there's a focus only on the social aspect. The election of officers always took place at a previous meeting in obedience to a reg- regulation adopted by the Grand Lodge of England in 1720 as follows, quote, it was agreed in order to avoid disputes on the annual feast day that the new Grand Master for the future shall be named and proposed to the Grand Lodge sometime before the feast. So no politics during your, your feasting. It's that's decided. We're here to have fun. And well, you don't want to nominate people while you're boozing up. You know what I mean? Cause that, <laughs> that would make for long debates. Vermin Supreme for president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I found this to be fascinating, right? Well, for a couple of reasons, one, he says it's already in disuse as a separate, um, Masonic function that is n- no business is conducted maybe for um, installation of officers, but not election of officers. And it's just there to really, you know, provide that social lubricant to enjoy each other's company. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Space Novum adopted uh, St. Andrew as the patron saint of the lodge. So we have the Feast of St. Andrew every year, nice. whether uh, regardless of, of when it falls. It's always on November 30th, so we don't care if it's a Saturday or Friday. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So we all know the date. We're all there. And that's when our installation of officers happens as well. So it typically involves a very nice meal, no Masonic business. We usually have a speaker. We've got good fellowship. Uh, and then after all is said and done, um, you know, there may be wives or only brothers present or mixed company. It doesn't really matter. We move forward with the, uh, installation of officers and, uh, yeah, there's no like governance in Illinois of the installation of officers, uh, the way it's to be done. I mean, there's a prescribed ri- uh, type of ritual, but it just kind of happens. And, um, we have a lot of fun with it. And, and the feast is a great time to do this. Uh, it is, uh, you can go back and look even at uh, the history in general of feasts, um, going back to things like guild use of feasts. And there's nothing crazy about it. You know, we a lot of times we talk about some neat practice that harkens back to some maybe esoteric or symbolic thing. But really, the feast is a celebration of humanity. I mean, it's, 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 it's culture, right? It's the culture of those medieval guilds. Uh, like, it's a, yeah, it's a celebration well, of humanity, but it's also a celebration of like a job well done and work accomplished. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It's huge. Yeah. It, you uh, Sonic wages right there. Yep. And speaking of wages, it typically costs, a full day's wage for your meal at to, to go to the the feast that's how much that's a it lot would of cost food, a, yeah. an actual person yeah can you imagine um somebody today on average giving up a day's pay to go to uh, <laughs> uh your feast i think a lot of masons might throw a fit yeah. about that well especially if they're serving like spaghetti and yeah. green beans you it's know like dollar that, menu at mcdonald's right right yeah yeah which doesn't exist anymore that's right it's gone. But yeah, no, I think that uh, to, to your point, one of the early, going back to masonry, one of the earliest things we have, we've got Anderson's constitutions, right? And the very first thing it says is we're forming a grand lodge so that we can get together and feast. 
and we'll do other stuff too but the whole purpose is to get together we need a reason to eat yes eat and be merry that's really hilarious Uh, because they had fallen out of practice right yeah didn't they wasn't that like appended to that reason Mm mm-hmm yeah yeah uh what they forgot to eat it, it was it's really interesting you've got a couple authors uh hl haywood uh he had a quote um i pulled it up here it says it was clear that no one had to be reminded or even encouraged to go to lodge for that was a haven of rest relaxation learning enjoyment and refreshment in in reference to having a monthly feast you know, where each month uh, a lodge would have its its and its feast. I mean, um, our lodge does it once a month. Um, but I think that it speaks to something that is kind of interesting in that, if nothing else, you're going for the meal, and I've got a treat for you later when we talk about that. Well, I saw this from Nanya, and it sounds funny to say, but that is what feasts were like couple hundred years ago it wasn't just right. a short buffet line and people throw a couple Cold of green, green beans, beans on there yeah. and stuff like that. no you had spreads and cornucopias filled with food and um just for just, for the day's wages it better be good yeah yeah <laughs> just ample amounts of of things to nibble on um and be with your bros so you know it's a very accurate image yeah like the the continuation of that quote i read earlier was it said what business has any lodge to be nothing but a machine for grinding out the work so they're talking about making masons Mm -hmm. uh it was not called into existence in order to have the minutes read even a mystic tie will snap under the strain of cheerlessness repetition monotony dullness a lodge needs to fire a light uh needs a fire lighted in it and the only way to have that warmth was to restore the lodge feast because when restored good fellowship and brotherly love will follow and where good fellowship is members will fill up an empty room not only with themselves but also with their gifts was this written like last year or uh hl haywood so okay a little while back (laughs) it's a little bit while back yeah, and I see some people commenting on. Uh, I'm reading the comments today. Um, green beans? No, I saw. I've seen many green beans. No, I saw somebody posted something about. Oh, uh, Nanya. He mentioned something about the thing is a lot of brothers don't have much money, so how do we make this happen? Raise news. Well, I mean, it's you know, it's it's a realistic comment, but again, and I know we've said this on the show before. You know, what is it that you get with your masonry? Is your masonry worth your money? Um, you know, we, we can sit here and calculate, well, you know, you spend 15 cents a day on your masonry, but you have zero issues getting a venti frappolatticino three (laughs) times a day from Starbucks. You know what I mean? So what value are you getting on a daily basis out of your Masonic membership? Right. Right. There's, there's room here though, to explore this, right? Mm-hmm. I've been to a number of festive boards uh, where I've purchased a ticket. Mm-hmm. And upon purchasing that ticket, there's another line. It says, buy another brother a meal. Mm, that's cool. And so you can donate extra mm-hmm. or buy a second plate on your ticket just to cover those brothers who might not have the cash to go. Mm-hmm. And I think 
like personally, I love that because mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, probably 10 years ago, I would have needed that free ticket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? yep. And so that's one thing, Nunya, like you know, we can we can start looking at using some of the practical elements of uh, our fraternity, like the right. inner charity to uh, to help brotherly love relief. And yeah. maybe. Yeah. That's what it should be all about. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. I love I love what Brother Mo said, uh, you know, if I think if a brother can extend a hand, he should do incognito. Right. And I, I love that. The the anonymous piece of that uh there's no there's no glory in in helping that it's just nope. the right thing to nope. do i want to be in, yes. li- in in line and saying hey jason i'm paying for your meal because you're you're poor i mean suck it up wouldn't want to say that but <laughs> no that's a great that's a great point brother mo right it's right we're a fraternity we're help we're helping each other out we're all in this together and we should be raising each other's spirits right this way so no one should feel awkward that they can't you know contribute uh to you know the the social part as well mm-hmm. yep uh but there are other masonic feasts as well what um, i know that uh brother joe thoroughly enjoys going to his scottish rite feast of tishri oh i do say more about that brother joe i do i do so um past master joe yes hello thank you uh joe um i should be napping in the corner with my head <laughs> pointed that's the not side. the way we did it in my year <laughs> but yes so um for those who are not scottish rite masons the feast of tishri is um a feast based on the jewish holiday of tishri which mm-hmm. celebrates the freedom that the israelites won um you know within the confines of providence that was given to them by god right despite being shackled in egypt and be- having their butts whipped by the philistines um so the scottish rite does celebrate this feast um i personally love it because at my scottish rite valley it's always a big thanksgiving dinner and it's nowhere near thanksgiving it's usually um september or sometimes in october um you know it changes with the with the jewish calendar but um yeah super good time the feast is really good there's always an amazing program and it usually has something to do with you know jewish history and how it relates to freemasonry and you know you get into conversations about the temple uh there's toasts that go on as well um there's an explanation the the couple times i've been there's an explanation of what is found in the holy of holies um so super masonic and very interesting and like i said really great spread and everybody's there just to have a really good time so um i've been to scottish rite meetings where again it's your your business your minutes your i'm going to read all this stuff that's sitting on robert's desk because he's going to be secretary forever and um not this year not this year but yeah it's um it's a really good event and it's again it's if you're a scottish rite mason um you can participate and also an obligatory observance that they that they must perform to it by mm-hmm. uh, the, mm. the ground council. What about uh, so in the Scottish Rite up here? Um, like I've been to the Feast of Tishiri, like at Southern Jurisdiction Valleys. Uh, up here in the north, there's also we have a Feast of the Paschal Lamb. Do you guys also do that? Ooh. I've Not heard that of it. I can't so, say. So 
essentially what it is, uh, the Feast of the Paschal Lamb is, in a sense, it's almost a degree that's performed on stage. Um, there's a table rent in the cross, uh, roses at the thing, at the, the, the different stations. And there's a little bit of ritual that goes along with it. Um, we usually serve the meal beforehand. Everybody moves into the theater. We watch the feast of the Paschal Lamb. And as that's happening, they read uh, the eulogy of all of the Scottish Rite mem- members that had passed in the last year. Oh, wow. So it's kind of like a remembrance night. But it's got Hebrew ties as well, right? Because the Feast of the Paschal Lamb is the, that's the lamb you slaughter before the Passover. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and I was actually looking, it looks like it's only on the NMJ website. And it looks like it's in the Rose Qua chapter. Um, that is that true. I yep. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I haven't been to one down here in the Southern jurisdiction. Another Road trip. Road yep. trip. Let's do it. Not for me. Let's go. Shut yet. up. Yet. Shut yet. up. Yeah, yet. Yet. I'll, you can just join up here, Jason. They got road to the right. You go watch it online. <laughs> I mean, I'm, look, all things being equal, I do really like Johnny Royal. True. So another thing that comes to mind that I think that I wish we did more of is to solidify the actual Saints, John. Because uh, we do have, you know, these patron saints of masonry, John the uh, Baptist and John the Evangelist, and I'll, I'll never forget who who I don't forget how it was introduced to me, and I've never forgot it since. Which is <laughs> which one is which, right? John the Baptist. You don't want to get baptized in the winter. You want to get baptized oh. in the summer, so it's cold. So <laughs> get baptized where it's warm. So John the Baptist is in June, and John the Evangelist is celebrated. In, in December. And so we have these two patrons. Because you can evangelize in any weather, really. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's, yeah, even if it's cold. All day long and all night strong. So we have these that actually come from, you know, religious observance. These are patron saints. Uh, they were sainted before Masonry came around. So we kind of, you know, culturally appropriated those saints. And they already had feast days, right? So we do. Yeah, I love that, Mike. Exactly. Mike the intern also doubling down on the uh, baptizing in the summer. So so we have these patron saints. We have culturally observed feast days already associated with them. So like I wish we had more of an observance to those dates as well, right? So in the yeah. Grand Lodge of Virginia, uh, we are you know, we always have like an edict that comes out like in June and in December that says, Hey, by the way, we're Masons. We should be, you know, celebrating our patron saints, but we encourage you to celebrate it. However you wish in whatever observance that you would traditionally observe. Yes. But I think it's, there's also a recommendation. It's a yes. and. And thank you. Yes. And there's also a recommendation that you attend a place of worship. Indeed. But don't do it Masonically. That's the thing. It's like, Hey, right. We're gonna we're gonna culturally appropriate these patron saints, but yet just celebrate it in your own way, Joe. Well, actually, no. If if I remember, because I've had to read some of these edicts, unfortunately. Um, when you get the one for you know you should go out and celebrate the you know Saint John's Day, um, you're actually told to go to your place of worship in right. your regalia. Yeah, it's um, oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. 
which I don't think is done as often as it used to be, you know, say 20, 30, 40 years ago, you know, bunch yeah, of we've, black suits. There have been some strange. interesting renditions of this tradition. Uh, I've seen in and around our jurisdiction where, uh, for instance, uh, pick a St. John's Day and uh, they'll have a special dinner at the lodge with programming, which counts as kind of that quote-unquote observance Hmm. Um, yeah and that's what i would like to see more of right like what if roll with me here right that we actually treated one or both of the saints john as feast days like masonic feasts anyone anyone at all i think all of you yes hello hi anyone other than joe past master here um, I know all the things. The media um, past master. I'm so smart. I know everything. You're like a you're like a second lieutenant. Yeah. Oh, butter bar. <laughs> Boo. Um, no, I'm not. I actually work for a living. But uh, no. So uh, we were we were blessed. I think all of you guys had had been. Um, we did table lodges at both the feast days, both in June and December. Uh, to John's point, it looks like a lot of lodges only do one a year, but we celebrated both. For at least two or three years um yeah, the gold star on the feast days um and we made it a point to actually talk about saints john I during those feasts you know exactly I, I mean it's such an easy lift right because again we're not inventing these these were already around pre-masonry and so it should be an easy lift to actually treat it as a a celebration of feast day rather than just other masonic duties as assigned yeah so anyone know the answer to uh, Mike the intern's question here? Didn't some past grandmaster get expelled for wearing his apron to church at one of the Saints John's Day? I think you're. I think he's talking about Is old Preston. Preston. Yeah, that's yeah. our buddy Preston. Yeah. Old Billy Preston. That's right. You can't. Yeah. You can't uh, walk across the street wearing an apron without getting expelled. So, I, dude, no, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> where we do our uh, feast e- each month, uh, we left lodge and we were just walking, um, like through our parking lot across like two streets, and then we're there, short mm-hmm. walk. And I literally get to the restaurant. When I think Spencer, some of you guys know Spencer Hammond, he goes, hey, you still got your apron on. And I was like, oh, whoops. <laughs> and I would just have like a white cloth one on or, uh, you know, just a plain one on. And I just mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, fold it up, put it in my pocket. But yeah, I mean, dude got expelled from masonry. Uh, Could have got expelled for that, Robert. <laughs> Could have gotten Billy Preston. Could've yeah, I know. But somehow I think. <laughs> we look right, look left. In After, this podcast, and yeah, two of so, us will be expelled within <laughs> ten years. Billy Preston, though, when he gets expelled for doing this, you know, at a, at a feast event, uh, he is expelled for a number of years, and eventually gets called back because, quote unquote, somewhere paraphrasing, the grand bodies were like, "Hey, we don't have anybody to do all this administrative, teach the work stuff." Right. And then they invite him back. And I think that's probably the only time in all JK, Masonic LOL. history, the only time in Masonic history where a Grand Lodge was like, oh, we, maybe we were wrong. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I thought we were wrong. We were we mistaken. We were wrong. Yeah. So go figure, right? But what if they mandated it? What if just like um, Grand Lodges ask us to hold an installation of officers Ooh. as a ceremony? Ooh. What if they said something like, 
your, you know, our jurisdiction will have a feast of St. John's, you know, nice. twice a year or like to lighten the load, maybe say pick one. Yeah. I, mean, I will take it over a one day class. A hundred percent. Right. But like, like in Massachusetts, for instance, uh, or maybe it's, maybe it's Pennsylvania. One of the two, they, they like mandated that lodges open up to the public one day a year. And like, this is the thing they have to do. So I don't see, I see that is way over the line. And I think, you know, mandating a feast is way more, you know, something in my mind that's way more Masonic. It's fair. I like it. And really it, because it sticks to what we're all about, right? It is directly tied. It, it, introduces the educational and the fraternal aspect together intertwined like it's you can't deny that is wholly masonic in what in what it would be so it's not like oh we don't know what education is because no one can define masonic education like no it's saints john like there it is in black and white <laughs> so Whoa. everyone gets wendy's cheesy baked potato Oh, do they still have those? They do. They're so good. You know what they don't have? Green beans. Ha! And and yet, uh, <sighs> um, the founder of Wendy's was a Mason and didn't include green Dave beans. Thomas. Yes. Yeah, Davy Thomas. Yeah. Do you think it's any wonder he has crafted lemonades? You guys, come on. Mm. I'm getting hungry, and it's late. It is. Just drink more beer. Noted. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so what would you do to ensure that um, a, a feast tradition were were kept separate and whole, aside from these other types of Masonic eating rituals, like agape boards, table lodges, and all that? Do you think that there's something that you could do to? preserve it keep it separate or do you think they should be separate do you think that it doesn't matter because we're all just eating as bros or something else well what would you i'm trying to trying to think about your question here i'm i mean i think the it, it gets to intent right like so let's let's do the opposite let's talk about the opposite of feasting the traditional dinner before lodge right it's usually depressing. Um, yeah, usually like, damn, I really just, I'm going to, I'll grab something, put it on my plate just cause I have to, cause I'm here. Um, versus it's exact opposite. Like I am super looking forward to going to a feast and celebrating and having merriment with my brothers. Right. So it's, it's intent more than anything else. I think if you're going to be intentful with the purpose of why you're holding a Masonic feast, then I think you can put a lot of importance around it and spur some interest. Yeah, that it's really well, the director of the whole thing right like whoever's planning it gets to set that precedence well and i i think too like when you're when you're talking about a dedicated feast and remembrance right i'm gonna i'm gonna bring up the e-word um kevin hellman's gonna like jump for joy when he listens to this tomorrow like when you're doing a feast of remembrance you're really building your lodge egregore. Ooh. And what's egregore, Jason? So egregore is, you know, that je ne sais quoi 
spirit of the lodge. It can be that that feeling of you know coming home Group when when you yes when you walk into a room with all your brothers but yes it is a group consciousness a a group energy that you all share i want so to read it's not a je ne sais quoi you can actually say quiet you know i, was gonna say, I, I can't really describe <laughs> je ne sais quoi as you wish joe as you wish i love when people define things with it's je ne sais quoi je, okay say Here. more this is a this is a little poem written, I think, by a guy named Brother Richard Kurtz, and it goes like this. I want I want your uh, I need oh where did Joe go? I need, I Joe, I need Joe's reaction to this. Uh, one. I need to revoke Jason's. Here you go. Admin permissions. Admin yeah. privileges. Right. I do not listen. I do not attend the meetings, for I've not the time to spare. But every time they have a feast, you will surely find me there. I cannot help with the degrees, for I do not know the work, but I can applaud the speakers and handle a knife and fork. I'm so rusty in the ritual, it seems Greek to me, but practice has made me perfect in the knife and fork degree. That bro has diabetes. Okay. <laughs> and that's a given. Work right <laughs> and fork don't rhyme. Do better. <laughs> that dude is has definitely comorbidities going on. Okay. <laughs> so, but I got why, not, why can't you do both? Why can't you do both? Why can't you be yeah. awesome at ritual and awesome at initiating people and have a damn good, lovely time right. at a feast? And that's what it's about, right? Because we, right. of course, we're all lovers of Masonic education. It's not everybody's jam. And yet that's the beauty of Freemasonry is that it's many things to many people, unfortunately, in my opinion. But because of that, you need to balance it out. And if we can balance out the fraternal, the social, the enlightened, the educational, the ritual, and just make sure that we are keeping all things in check, all things in balance, we can have great experiences, especially when we're not heavy-handed in any of those. If we're too heavy-handed in the reading of the minutes, right, you're gonna you're gonna lose guys to non-payment of dues, right? If you're too heavy-handed in education, you might be, you know thought of as that weird lodge that talks about weird stuff that really is it's kind of hard to trace back to masonry right so we need to find that balance and i think you did a good job of that joe i'm gonna give you kudos right because you attended to all those things and while it was a ton of work and long meeting nights uh you did you did it very well so i want to just give you a special shout out for that because i don't i don't know if that's been explicitly called out but i want to make sure that um, your efforts were not unnoticed. Well, thank you. That to means make sure a lot. Everyone felt welcome. Everyone well, felt like they got something out of lodge. I mean, not not to get off on a tangent, but I mean that's that's something but you're that gonna you do to, it anyway. But I will, but I won't. But it, it's something you got to realize. You know, it's some people. You know, now that I'm so wise because I'm a past master, I could say this. But bestow um, your wisdom, Joe. Yes, people think that you know, your, your, your march to the East to become master is all about the, the crap that you're going to do that year, right? Like this is my year and this is what I'm going to do. And this is all the stuff. No, it's, it's, you know, if you guys haven't noticed, this is a, a voluntary, I don't need to be their organization. I'm there because I choose to be. And the, you know, whether it's eight to 10 people or 30 to 40 people on an evening, they're choosing to be there. So if you're not catering to those 30 or 40 people, you're doing it wrong, you know, and you know, it can't be about all the little cool little crap that you want to do. It's what your brethren want. 
And if you can show them a new thing or two along the way, then everybody's successful, right? And I think a lot of people miss that, you know, and and you hear them and we've all we all know people that say it. It's like, well, in my year, this dude, it wasn't your year. It was the lodge's year. You know, you just got the keys Bingo. to the parking spot. That's it, you know, and and but people don't people don't understand that. And I think that's you're, where we talk a lot. You were the chief steward or the, the servant leader of the lodge for that year. That's the way it should be. Correct. Not always the way it is. <laughs> no, and we, we've talked about servant leadership. Yeah. And, but for 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 a buy-in voluntary organization, there's no there's no other recipe for success, right? You can't be agreed. You can't be the general. You can't be the guy leading from the rear and making other people do stuff. It, it doesn't work that way, you know. It can't be taken down. Past the real question picture. is: should <laughs> should worshipful masters eat last? Yes. I'd be okay with that. Damn right. Lots of head nods. Simon Sinek would agree with you. Yes, he would. I'm not a a big Simon Sinek fan, but meh. Books are okay. Off the cuff is a little cringy. Yeah. So if he's got an editor, is that what you're saying? Yeah. He's great when he's being edited. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Love you. Feasts are great. Indeed. What would you say, Robert? What do you what do you have queued up here? <laughs> I'm calling you out because I'm so scared. I'm watching the magic happen in the background. No, no, he he pulled it. It was a meme. It was uh, dodgeball and underdog story when uh, Ben Stiller's character is like, oh, you caught me. I like to break a mental sweat, too. And the caption was Mason's when there's EDU at the feast. <laughs> But like that's that's legit. Like I think there's there's something that can be said for when Joe said, I think there's room to like set to to uh, get both types of you know masons involved and looking forward to the feast. Um, you can schedule a speaker over the feast and have great food and still like you know you can satisfy both things. And I think what's interesting is, you know, I heard um, a smart mason once say. Something like, uh, yeah, the meal fills me up, but the the content of the education, like, feeds the soul or something along those lines. And I always thought that was like, was like th- that's really neat. This idea that I'm coming to this meeting to this feast day, hmm. and I'm doing both. I'm leaving full, uh, you yeah. know, mind, body, spirit kind of thing. And that's something that, like, the mind with the education uh perhaps the the body with the the nutrient food and the spirit due to the camaraderie or as jason was talking about the egregore in the room um the kind of feel goods that you have you know how many times you like leave a feast or a great meeting where everybody's really jiving and you 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 say to yourself oh man i I should buy that guy something like, you know, or like really good about how you can, yeah. Like help that guy out somehow. Or, you know, you, you go home and you're thinking and you're like, Oh, you know what? He's getting all my Christmas card list. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's those kind of things that, that form those connections. And I don't know. I, I think it's sort of sends pretty good Christmas cards. Yes, he does. he does. It's like the, like the meat sweats and the brain sweats. You got it, John. Ooh, wow. 
Yeah, I gotta. That's why you gotta put your like forehead on the on the porcelain. <laughs> yep. It's that good of a meal. Dig those nails into your thighs. <laughs> it's meat sweat time. Oh, yeah. this is such a great show. I need I need a Masonic feast at like Fogo de Chao. Oh God, can you imagine oh. us the next day? Oh my God. Sweaty and not even going near each other. Like, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right before like, uh, you know, an SRICF morning <laughs> meeting on the other side of the state. Come in for a hug. Yeah. <laughs> You're all slimy. No. See, that's why at my SRICF meetings, we just do boxed lunches. <laughs> Super cheap. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting hungry, too. I am, too. I, I was told this Taco would be Bell's catered. Open. Taco Bell's open. I, I had it for dinner. Ooh, nachos bill grande plus guacamole. Nacho fries. Nacho oh. fries back in the house. Limited time only. Squirrel. Oh, I love it. I'm, All right. I'm, I'm, I'm boycotting. They Let's, got rid of chicken roll tacos. Those were good, too. Let's bring it home. Let's, Their uh, breakfast go, burritos are fantastic. Though. Let's go to the question of the week question of the week is um if you were responsible you're part of the committee to form the masonic feast coming up uh what was what is at least one thing that you would want to make sure is included in order to spread the cement of brotherly love so i'll repeat the question you are in charge of the you're responsible for the committee on the next Masonic feast, what is at least one thing you would do to spread the cement of brotherly love? And I'll save our immediate past master for last. <laughs> Just because. Get some mileage out of that. All right, Jason, go ahead. <clears throat> so I could be like, I could be trite and say education. Like have have you know education on what the feast is about, uh, but I won't say that because everybody expects me to say that. Um, this this would probably go very poorly, but um, right before the uh, right before the opening prayer, I would instruct everyone to get up and like switch places with their neighbor or or you know pair off and move to a different seat so that depending on the size you would guarantee to be sitting next to someone you didn't know or didn't know well ooh no clicks in masonry yes i like that yeah. That's a good one. So it's an opportunity to get to know and get to expand that egregore with another brother. Ooh, said the magic yeah. word. Twice. Awesome. I know. Good so, one. Good one. Got to right. copyright that TMR bingo. All right. Robert Johnson, let's say you. I really like Jason's idea. Uh, I've been to Thank some. You. Yeah, I, I've been to some festive boards where, um, or feasts, if you will, where we were instructed like to, we were given three and a half by five cards and a pen. And like, you kind of gave 
three bullets about the person next to you. And then after that was done, the master said, okay, I want everybody to introduce the person that you interviewed. And so they went around and did that. And it was so, uh, it was such a good idea to do. And yeah, it took time, but let's be honest. uh, The people who care about the time are not usually at these things anyway. Um, but I like Jason's idea. I would almost double down on that. And just to be different, I would say that perhaps uh, uh, I would ensure that we have a set of toasts written uh, by the members that are not the prescribed toasts that we're told to do. It seems Sorry, as Joe, Joe uh, we're, we're, with you. we're back into that grind again, right? Where, RJ goes first. <laughs> the same damn thing. Sucker. Hey, oh. hey Joe. What? what would you say? <laughs> well, <laughs> you can ask Robert because he knows. No, I. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was. Uh, I was thinking of the uh, non-standard toast. That was going to be my first answer, where people just speak from the heart and and do things. But what I think, um, and I've seen it done at a couple of feast type events, is whether you're doing it singing old Lang Syne or if you're just coming together in a chain of union, having some sort of gathering together in a circle, right? Like some jurisdictions do nothing of the sort, you know, we in Virginia, we're lucky, right? Because we, we get to do the charge around the altar in a circle kind of thing. And, you know, a lot of people seem to dig that, but coming around for the purpose of masonry in a circle, whether you're holding hands or not, um, having a communal moment, during those feasts. So it's not just you're sitting at a table and eating and talking to your little clique of friends, um, but getting around communally and whether it's singing a song or gathering together in prayer or doing something together where you're communal and you're, you're with each other, um, I think can make a feast a bit more meaningful and, and spiritual. And dare I say, you know, use Jason's word, you know, enhance the, the egregore of, of the room. You know, enhance, enhance, enhance. Awesome. Love it. Love it. So the, uh, the only thing I would add to what you guys said is make it an experience, right? If you're going to take time away from your family to like be part of this Masonic feast, make it an experience. Think about like what Disney would do, right? You want to make sure that it's good food. So, and it appeals to all the senses, right? Maybe have some music playing in the background. Maybe dim the lights a little bit. Maybe make sure that we're all um, enjoying the sights and smells that go with, with this meal, right? So it's not rushed. It's good food, right? It's not Taco Bell night. And, and just treat it as a separate event, right? Treat it as, you know, a, a moment in time that you can enjoy together, to, to tie everything that uh, the other the other brothers here have said and so because time is valuable and if we're here to promote the fraternal aspects of this great brotherhood that we're in then we should be enjoying each other's company uh, with intention with respect to enhance the segregore we want to make sure we are um, having a good time and just just making it something that's memorable that when you go home you go not only did i get full physically but i got full spiritually i got full fraternally and that i i want to do it again that i want now i just want to throw up 
Yeah, that's right. Get the bucket. And so, on that note, I want to thank wafer you all. Wafer thin mint. It's just a wafer thin mint. On that note, we we almost ended on a high note. Let's uh. Money Python is a high note. Let's thank you all very much for watching. We'll see you next week, and keep searching for more light. Have a good night. Wow. Wow.